trauma. I, I want to talk about trauma because I feel that a lot of people have this idea that, you know, oh, but it didn't happen to me personally, you know, or I didn't get hit, but, you know, I was spoken to badly or I witnessed it. That's still trauma. That's still an adversity. You don't have to have it physically happen to you. If you've witnessed something that has caused behavioural effects, cognition, anything, that's a trauma. A trauma is something that can change your behaviour, your way of thinking. And I'm very passionate when it comes to trauma. I really want to make a change in the system when it comes to trauma because adult survivors of childhood trauma do not get enough abuse. And I also include those that have witnessed trauma. And when I say trauma, I don't just mean physical and sexual. I mean organised trauma, like organised abuse. I mean mental, emotional abuse. Every abuse known to man, I mean abuse. Um, and I think... I just zoned out then. I think that we, as a society, don't provide enough hope for abuse survivors, I think adult abuse survivors are just so called sort of seen as, well, you're an adult now, you can get over it. Wrong, wrong, because it has everlasting effects. We don't put a Band-Aid over a deep wound, you know, a deep bloody fuck off big gunshot wound that needs surgery and stitching. What are we going to do, put a plaster over it? I think not, are we? That's what we do in society. We put a plaster over it when we need to find the root cause. We need to get that bullet out. And the problem is, when it comes to dealing with adults, it's almost like we they feel that, well, we're older now, so we should just be able to think properly or we should be able to just deal with it. We, trauma changes someone. I endured trauma for many years. And it has moulded me into, I can't say someone different, because had I not endured the trauma, I don't know who I would be now. But there was traits of me that I wish I wasn't, that I wish wasn't me, that I probably wouldn't have had I not endured the trauma that I did endure. And I am angry. I'm very, very angry, and I hold that anger, and it's, it's, and I'm not the only one, everyone, well, most people that's, that have enjoyed abuse and trauma, they, they do feel angry, because, when they get to that stage, because it's, it's, why do you feel, you're, it's acceptable to do this to me, you know, I'm now suffering with mental health issues, or personality issues, behavioural issues, because of the acts you did to me, and yes, I'm probably going to get people saying to me, but that's your, that's your behaviour, you decided to act that way, you decided to do this, how is that the abuser's fault, that's, that's the nature versus nature debate, we're not even going to get into that, but, you know, I have diagnosis of bipolar, BPD, body dysmorphia, ADHD, and I always question, would I have had that? had I not endured abuse. Now, I was diagnosed after my nan died in 2016. 
Um, but prior to that, I had showed signs. Um, and it wasn't until my nan died that, and I will do a whole topic on this, but it wasn't until my nan died that it, it just exploded. And then they were like, oh, fuck, she needs help. Um, but there was little snippets of the fact that I wasn't thinking, how can I say this, that I wasn't thinking, you know, like, I was getting intrusive thoughts and I was acting upon them. I was getting impulses. I was, I was, I, ha I have severe anger problems even now. But I mean, back then it was, it was awful. I was kicked out of school and, God, I was a white little shit. But, um... I always question it, you know, would I, would that have all occurred had I not endured the abuse? So going back to the abuse, uh, mine started when I was single digits. So very, very young age. Um, and I blamed myself for many years because this absolute creature of a man um, had manipulated me to the point where I went back to him several times. Like, I craved his attention. That's what abusers and groomers, let's talk about groomers, that's what groomers do, that's what paedophiles do. Children will naturally want attention. So they will manipulate you. But they will do it in a way where they will get their gratification. You'll suffer, but you'll think it's the attention. But it's not. It's you're suffering, but you're just longing for attention, and it's become normalised that behaviour because you don't know any different. Um, and I, it started out with like just little little bits, like putting his hand on my leg and then like rubbing my thigh, or he would slap my bum. Um, and I didn't know that it was wrong. We don't learn that in school. That's another thing. It's like, so when I was younger, I didn't know that that was wrong. I didn't know that, okay, well, he shouldn't be saying, I didn't know. I didn't know who to tell. I didn't know, like, should I tell someone that he's doing this to me? I didn't know. Um, and then it progressed. It progressed on to his hand would go, you know, further into wherever it shouldn't be until full penetration um and i was sodomized as well um and that went on for many years and i blamed myself because i longed for his attention he had trapped me in this web of just needing him to the point where i would long for his attention you know I would like just I can't even explain it properly but I would like want to be near him because it was I wanted a dad at that stage I didn't have my own biological dad thank god because he was an absolute toss pot but um and he knew that I was vulnerable in that stage because I was longing for a father from such a young age so he'd taken on like a fatherly role, but he had done it in such a manipulative way. And it was kind of like I still thought he could be the dad that I wanted. Um, 
And I still thought that maybe he could be that dad and he would stop. But I still didn't know that it shouldn't be happening. And there was just a web of confusion. I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. And do I tell, do I not tell? And he he threatened me. He was like, you know, I, I was very close to my great nan. My great nan was my best friend. Um, and he said to me, if you loved your nan and your great nan, you will not tell anyone. And I'm fiercely loyal to those I love and care about. I'm fiercely loyal and I wouldn't tell anyone because I wanted to prove that I love them. You know, I don't know why I needed to prove it because they would know. But I, at that stage, I was like, well, I'll, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. I love them. I love them. And I also, I'm going to be totally honest here, didn't want to get him in trouble. I was scared that he would go away. And as much as I hated what was happening and I was confused, I didn't want him to go away because it was like, well, there's finally a male role model in my life. You know, there was kind of like, finally I can have a dad. And I, it was like I'd succumbed to the pain and suffering that I was getting in order to have that father figure. Um, and I was going into school with cigarette burns and bruises and... They would question it and he would manipulate it so he would say I was self-harming because there, there was a stage in school where, um, you know, my, my mental health had declined a bit and I was really misbehaving and, cool, I was a right spoon. But they believed him. No one was asking me the questions and this is another thing about the mental health system. No one bloody asks questions. And, you know, it's... Had someone have sat down and said to me, because it was, it was people that know there is sexual abuse, and I know some of them teachers knew he was abusing me. And I also know that there was a lot more people that knew he was abusing me. When you know someone is being abused, and you don't ask, you're just as bad as the abuser. You are an enabler of abuse. Okay, because you are permitting that suffering, you are allowing that to occur. So when you go to bed at night in your nice, warm, comfy bed with your fucking Egyptian print, Egyptian whatever it's called, cotton sheets and your leopard print duvet. I love leopard print. Animal print's just my thing, but just know that that person who you have bowed absolutely royally bowed is suffering. Because you could have been that voice for that person. You could have been there for that person. That person might have needed a voice. And all I needed was a voice. And it got to the stage where that's what I longed for, to the point where I would be in school and I would... Um, I would misbehave deliberately in order to get... Not like attention, but in order to get a teacher's reaction to ask me a question, is everything okay at home? Is he dodgy with you? You know, like in a professional way. Nobody would fucking ask. Nobody. And when social services were involved, they didn't ask. Yet again, I had slipped through the fucking net. And, and I've slipped through the net my whole life. And I remember there was one day I was out drinking. I was I was a young teenager. I was out drinking, 
and my drink was spiked because I was I longed for friends. My whole life I've longed for friends. I've 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 had friends, but they've not been friends. I've I've just had acquaintances. I struggle deeply to make friends. Um because I just feel like I'm constantly used. I feel like I'm never good enough. And I just feel used all the time. But I thought I'd made friends that night and little did I know they'd actually spiked my drink in order to bully me. Um, and I remember I got sent into hospital and the police were called because I was violent. And not towards the nurses, I was just, I was, I was headbutting walls, but I was, I don't know why they called the police. They just said I was violent, but I know I've never hurt a nurse or anything. But, um, I said to them an insinuation of what was happening at home and nobody took it seriously. And I know if my, I was a professional that my, that for me would have been like, okay, this is raising alarm bells because something is going on for this child to act up. You know, there's there's frameworks these professionals adhere to. You know, signs and symptoms of abuse. You've all fucking fouled. Like, you know, you've missed every single symptom of abuse. The bruises, the cigarette burns, the flinching every time I get touched. I used to flinch at belts. When men would come near me, I'd get panicky. You know, the amount of times a male teacher would come near me and I'd think that I, I was being made to go on my knees for him or the amount of times that a male teacher would come near me and I'd even long for, he, long for him to just touch my arm because I wanted to feel a normal touch of a man. And I don't mean this in a sexualised way because I find society tends to sexualise everything. But I mean, I just wanted a man just to touch my arm like, or my, just my shoulder, you know how teachers will touch your arm or your shoulder, like, when you're in trouble, I just wanted that, so a male could touch me, even if it's just sending me to detention, just so I could have that where I'm not being sexually abused, so I could know what it feels like to have contact that's not sexually abused by the opposite sex, that's, that's what I wanted, um, and, Nobody picked up on it, and and I, uh, you know, I had um, I had I, I I had dirty clothes when I was in school. I had knits. Um, I used to get bullied in secondary school as well. And again, it wasn't picked up on. I was just seen as this dirty little child that was just really naughty. I was told I wouldn't amount to much. I was just a naughty little child that just wouldn't amount to anything. But no one asked me questions. And it absolutely sickens me to my core because it was right in front of you. It was in front of you and you didn't even inquire. Just a simple question. Now, would I have answered it the right way? Who knows? Because, again, I wanted to protect the perpetrator because he'd manipulated me so much to the point where I felt fiercely protective of him. But towards the later stage of my teens or the middle stages of my teens, it got to the stage where I was like, do you know what, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of being abused. I'm sick of this. I don't want to be abused anymore. It was, it hurt. It was hurt physically. It hurt mentally. It hurt emotionally. I felt dirty. I felt, I felt like I'd lost my existence, but I was still just mooching around on this earth just being used as a sex doll, a punching bag, and 
I was just a piece of skin, blood, and a heart that could just walk around this earth with no point, like a tumbleweed. You know them tumbleweeds that just blow around in the desert? That was me. I was a human tumbleweed. And I didn't have an identity because my identity was for him to abuse me. That that was it. Um, and I felt so alone and marginalised and, you know, it's it's disastrous. And the fact that society and the mental health system want to put a band-aid over that is fucking disgusting. And I don't mean the whole mental health system before anyone jumps on the bandwagon. Some of the mental health professionals will not even ask if you've had a childhood trauma, which is what my dissertations are about. Did childhood trauma occur? Because it's such an important question, particularly if you was never asked as a child if childhood trauma is occurring, then bloody ask them as an adult, did it ever occur? Allow that person to have the voice, a voice, particularly if their voice was stripped from them as a child. Because there is nothing more empowering than to have a voice and be heard and feel present and know that you are here and that you exist. And that, you know, you, you matter. And I think I've strolled through life, or I've been dragged through life, just feeling like I don't matter because of the, the behaviours of other people. I tend to live my life through the eyes and opinions of other people anyway. You know, like, I won't do certain things because, oh, what if that stranger doesn't like it? Or... Oh, um, I suffered body dysmorphia anyway, so I'm very conscious of myself. But if I want to do something new, I'm like, well, what if so-and-so don't like it? So I will live through the eyes and opinions of others. But that stems from my childhood because I was called, I was bullied, I was called names. You know, I, I was a very, let's say, odd child. I was suspected Asperger's, I was suspected autism. I was very different. I'm going to say that in quotations. Um, and I'm currently in the middle of being um, investigated for them diagnoses now. I have an appointment in December, um, which will make sense. Asperger's makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of things I do. Um, but we'll go into that in another podcast. But... Um, ADHD for me has kind of been like a support system. It's been a burden, but it's been like, um, it's given me an identity, but it's it defines me in the same way. And I will do a podcast on being defined by a diagnosis, but it's helped me because... You know, I am ADHD. I'm heavily medicated for being ADHD. If I wasn't on my medications, you'd know about it. I mean, I used to lick people's faces. I used to punch people. I would I would do all sorts. I would pick people's clothes. I would touch people. I don't mean in a sexual way. See, this is the thing. This is another thing we have to do. We have to explain that we don't mean sexual. This is what society has done. You know, you see a father and daughter holding hands crossing the road, and some idiot will will go, oh, that's not right. We've sexualised everything. It's just unbelievable. But, um, what was I saying? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. 
yeah, so back to the topic at hand, uh, trauma. So, you know, it changes you in the respect. I don't want relationships. I, you know, I know that the doctor explains to me with ADHD, you tend to get bored. And I, I told him I get bored. And it, that sounds horrendous because it's like, oh, on to the next man. That's not the case. I could really deeply like someone. But then it's like, I'm, it's almost like I'm scared to like someone because either they're going to leave or something's going to go wrong or I'm going to like them too much and it's just scary. I have to know or understand that if I ever get with a man, they're going to need to accept me, my past, my present and what I want for the future. And that's a lot for a man to handle because who's going to... I can't even accept my past sometimes. How can I possibly expect someone else to? I don't love myself sometimes. How can I expect a man to love me, you know? So I think that's another reason why I'm, I've been a single Pringle ready to mingle for years, you know what I mean? But um, it's... Uh, had I have not been abused or had I have not been in such a horrendous or endured such a horrendous childhood would I be that way would I be so fearful of commitment and relationships and love because I you know I've been told I'm hard to love I've been told I'm hard to like I've been told you know that I'm I'm stupid I've been told that I'm ugly I've been told that people don't like me and then it sticks with you it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard. You know, I'm a fucking walking dartboard. People are just throwing their darts at me and they're sticking to me. Um, and uh, this is my phone's ringing in the middle of a podcast. How damn rude. Um, and it's... It's a situation where you, you... You get told by people, well, don't listen to them. But you can't help it. Because, and I'll say it to clients, I'll say, you know, you can't listen to what's being said because you need to understand that that's not true. But that's easier said than done because if you're hearing it from childhood, particularly in childhood as well, um, you retain it so much because it's, it's, they're the times where you need to hear empowering things, you know. They're the times when you need to be uplifted. You need to be uplifted every point in your life. But that's when you're moulding into the individual you're going to become. You know, although I be, I'm a strong believer in you mould every day, you know, um, I don't like the same practice makes perfect because if you're perfect, there's no room for improvement. So I don't like the same practice makes perfect at all because who wants to be perfect? You know, but there is no handbook to parenting, but you don't go around sexually abusing your children. So there's that. And one way or another, we are affected by our childhood. But there's being affected by your childhood and there's being absolutely bloody damaged by your childhood. And I think, I mean, I know a lot of people that are phenomenal parents that have been one way affected by their childhood. And they may have had, like, not a great childhood. But yet they've turned out incredible parents. Incredible parents. So, you know, the myth of I was abused, so I, I will abuse my children. No, it doesn't work like that. 
it's how you behave. So this whole thing with no, let's not get into that because this is going to be a big debate if I get into that. No, rub it out. Start again. Um, I just feel that we need to start taking trauma. I've gone off on a right rant, and I twenty four minutes twelve seconds. Bloody hell! If you've got this far, you're an absolute fucking legend. Because I think I've gone off topic a bit. Actually, that's an ADHD thing that I do. I'm gone silent now. Bloody hell. Anyway, so, um, this is raw material, by the way. This is not scripted. This is not anything else. I'm literally doing this off the bat. I'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to do another one. This is going to be purely uploaded straight after this. So, appreciate. Anyway, um, but that's another thing. It's like, when we don't take it seriously, it doesn't help the adult survivors of childhood trauma because then it makes us feel like, well, was it even that important that we was abused as a child? Maybe our childhood wasn't that bad then. Maybe I'm just overreacting. That's why it's so important that we do take it seriously as a society and within the mental health system, within the, within the system, that we take adult survivors of childhood abuse seriously. Because otherwise they're going to be left thinking, was it even real? Did it even occur? Does it even matter? And that's the worst thing to feel if you've been abused. It's like I've run the verbal marathon. So there, I'm going to end it there now. But um, I've got a lot more to say, but I feel like this could go on for a long, long time. And I don't think anyone's ever going to get to the end of this podcast. So I'm probably going to wrap it up there. Um, yes, anyway, have a good one, keep rocking, keep rolling, and, uh, thank you for getting this far, if you have got this far, okay, <laughs> I just went silent again, peace out, A-Town, down,